the book of Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Please turn there. Romans 7 and 8 brings us to an area in the Word of God where Paul is going to talk to us about four spiritual laws. Four spiritual laws. This morning, we're going to be preaching on four spiritual laws of Romans 7 and 8. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. This, to me, is one of the most powerful chapters in all the Word of God. That He has this kind of revelation is amazing to me. <clears throat> chapter 5 and chapter 6. He primarily speaks to Gentiles in those chapters, letting them know once they do become justified, that that doesn't give them a license to live lawless. You know that old teaching today that says, well, we're under grace, we're not under law. Well, what does that mean? It does not mean what a lot of people teach. You are always under the Word of God and the instruction of God and what He forbids in the Old Testament is still forbidden today. Amen. So th there is a lie that is promoted and, and proclaimed in pulpits today because they don't understand the word of the Lord. Now what we have been free from is the condemnation of the law Amen. and trying to be justified by the works of the law which was never the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was not given to save man. The purpose of the law was to bring man to Jesus Christ and to bring him to faith. So the purpose of the law is still intact today. Do you understand that? But now we have power to live for the Lord. Okay? So anyway, Romans 5 and 6, he shows that we are not lawless. Let me just go back to verse 1 of chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. He uses the strongest terms possible. May it never be. We cannot live a lawless life. And Romans 3 tells us we establish the law. Okay? And then so in Romans chapter 7, having taught that, then he now is going to deal primarily with the Jews. But it's still for us. His audience primarily is to the Jewish people because they think that the law can give them power over that sin nature. That they, they believe if they keep the law, that... By keeping the law, they can get victory over the evil inclination. And Paul says, impossible. The only way you can be delivered is through death. And that's to be joined through Jesus, to Jesus Christ. So trying to keep the law of God is not going to give you power over that old master. Do you understand? That's why for me to even stand up and preach the word of God to you will not do you any good. Unless you're walking in the Spirit. Because no matter even how powerful the Word of God is preached, if you're not yielding to God's Spirit, the Word of God itself cannot control that old nature. Hmm. Hello. And that's what Paul is going to show the Jewish people because they have so much, and rightfully so, the law is, is good, it's holy, it's righteous, it's, it's God manifest in ten ways. If you talk about the Ten Commandments, it's the voice of God. It's something that we should delight in as they delighted in. Problem is, that is their way of salvation. And that's not the purpose of the law. So Paul is going to show us here that it's not by the works of the law that you can have power over that sin nature. 
Okay, y'all with me here? All right, so we don't have license to sin because we're justified. We don't have a license to be lawless because we're justified. Nor does the law bring salvation or power over sin nature. Okay? Romans 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren? Now he's talking about his brethren according to the flesh. He could also be talking about the brethren in the church. Jewish brethren in the church. Jewish believers in the church. This is a great, great uh, debate and struggle as to where does the law fit in grace. Have you ever had that question? Okay. Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. They know the law. How that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Now we know that this word law here is the word of God. It's the Torah. It is the instruction of God. It's the word of God, okay? Specifically, you know, you have the first five books of the Bible known as the law. But really all the word of God is law. It's, it's the instruction of God, the Torah. Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the Torah or the instruction. How that the Torah or the instruction hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Why is that? We're going to see. For Now watch. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then... While her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law, by the body of Christ. Amen. 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 That you should be married to another. Even to him who is raised from the dead. That we should bring forth fruit unto God. Holiness. The purpose of redemption is holiness. All right, all right. The purpose of being set free from the law. Or the condemnation of the law. Is that we might produce holiness. Fruit unto God. Not disobedience to the word of the Lord. Not lawlessness. Come on. For when we were in the flesh. He's talking about that old fallen nature. The motions of sin which were by the law. Did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So it was energized. That flesh was energized. It was empowered. And it produced things that would bring forth fruit unto death. Verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law. That being dead wherein we were held. That we should serve in the newness of the spirit. And not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay I had not known sin but by the law. The purpose of the law is to... Reveal sin. It defines sin. It still defines sin. 
It defines sin for the lost man and it defines sin for the believer. So that means the law is still binding on me in the sense that it will convict me of, of sin and it defines sin in my life. For a believer, it's an ally, not an enemy. For the believer, the law is a friend. For the believer, it's something that you can delight in. Because it defines sin. It convicts you of sin. Drives you into a life of the Spirit. You with me here? Okay. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Again, very strong word. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, which means evil desire. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin re revived and I died. Interesting. You see, so the law didn't bring life, it brought death. You see the purpose of the law? <laughs> it's to define sin, to bring conviction. It brings death. It brings condemnation. All right? And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? Now watch that. Do you see that? He's talking about the law here. He said the law is good, it's holy, it's just. Why? Because it came from God. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. So he just, he tells you in one place that we're dead to the law. And now he tells us we're not dead to the law. Do you understand what he's showing you here? You, you, we have got to get this. We have to understand this. Uh, wherefore, the law is holy, the law is holy, the commandment holy, just and good, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, which is what? The law. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. The problem is not the law. The problem is mankind. The problem is us. For that which I do allow not, for that which I do I allow not, for what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So that I and me are two different things. <laughs> For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That doesn't mean he never did any good thing. It means that in his flesh dwelt no good thing 
For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Look at the conflict and the struggle and the frustration and the pain of Paul. This is not the writing of an immature man. This is not even the writing about, an immature, uh, about Paul when he first came to God in immaturity. This is coming from the lips of the highest, maturest man that could possibly be demonstrated in the Word of God. When you get to a place of maturity, you understand the struggle that Paul is in. Until you get to that place of maturity, you think you're all that. I'm talking about as a believer. My little girl uses this term, you know, she thinks she's all that, you know. Well, the, the immature Christian thinks they're all that. Until they get mature. And so this is coming from the pen and lips of a very mature apostle. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Paul said that. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it. Then who's doing it, Paul, if you're not doing it? It's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Well, he says, I don't do it, but me does. Sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. So we've got the law of sin here. For I delight in the law of God. Number two, the law of God. After the inward man. Say the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Number three, the law of my mind. We'll explain that to you. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. So we've got the law of sin and death. We've got the law of God. And we've got the law, the law of the mind. Three laws. He says, O wretched man that I am. Paul says this. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Do you see the conflict that he's in? The conflict of a mature apostle. The struggle and the, the battle against sin that is in his members. You understand that? Amen. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from, this, from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So the battle is not between, in this passage, is not between the Spirit of God and the flesh. The battle is between the sin, or the flesh, and the mind. You understand? Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit, fourth law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 
So it's not like the Spirit of God struggling. You walk in the Spirit, it will always conquer sin and death. The struggle is between the law of the mind and the law of God. The law of the, the mind wanting to yield to the law of God and struggling against the law of the flesh, the sin nature. That's where the conflict is because the Spirit of God is always victorious. For what, we, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, talking about the law of God, it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, not done away with, but fulfilled in us, not abolished, but established. Do you understand? Fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you don't walk in the Spirit, then you will come under the power and control of the old sin nature. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That, this, we're talking about the unbeliever. The unbeliever, or even the carnal believer. The unbeliever and the carnal believer cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. The body of sin is dead. The body, physically, I've got life. The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are no debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Heavy, heavy stuff. Pray that I can deliver this in a timely way. I can hit the points the way I'm supposed to. The Word of God will touch your life. Father, I just ask you right now, Jesus, to have your way. Give me liberty, God, to preach this Word today. To explain the very, very complex spiritual laws that operate in us. Father, we ask you right now, Lord God, that you would use us to deliver this word. Help us to understand ourselves today and our need to walk in the Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For the Jewish believer in Paul's day and, and even in this day and Jewish people as a whole and some people that aren't even Jewish, they feel like that by their own good works, 
by reading the Bible, by hearing the Bible preached, by knowing the Bible, that that will give them the victory over that evil that's in them. But that's not enough. The law comes to you like a husband demanding but not helping. The first part of this analogy that Paul gives, he talks about this. Amen? So the law is a demanding husband. And it comes to this wife, and it lays down the law, tells her everything she needs to do, what she's not, not supposed to do, what she's supposed to do, and all of that, pointing the finger constantly at her. And the wife says, that's right, I should be doing this, I know the law's right, I know I should be obeying it. And so she goes about trying so desperately to do what she knows is right and what she knows she should do. But as time goes along, that old husband that just demands and commands and doesn't help, she, she tries so hard and then because she's clumsy, you know, she gets the table already. She's got food on the table, you know. She's got it just like he said he wanted it. And she knows that that's the way it's supposed to be. And she walks to the table and she knocks the juice over. <laughs> and the whole time, she knows it's right. But in her heart, she said, I wish he would die. Because all he does is command and demand from me. But he never helps me. And I wish this man would die so that I could be married to somebody that would help me, not just demand from me. And all the women said amen. But this passage is not just talking, it's not talking about marriage. Paul is using this as an analogy. Although it is a reality. You understand? The poor clumsy little woman, poor clumsy little wife is trying so hard to do what she knows she's supposed to do. She wants to get it just right, but she's so clumsy. She knocks the food off the table and she messes up. You understand? And longs, oh, I wish he would die so I could be married to somebody else. Hello? But the problem is the law cannot die. The law cannot die. Because the law is of God. It's good. It's righteous. It's holy. It, what it says is accurate. And it's right. So if the law can't die, if the husband can't die, for her to get married to somebody else means that she has to die. And so here comes another husband along that would like to marry her, 
But because she's married to somebody else, he can't marry her until a death takes place. And when the death takes place, then she's free to marry somebody else. And so the Bible lets us know that when Jesus Christ, our husband, comes into the world and he is crucified, dead, and buried, that when we were baptized in water in the name of Jesus, we died to the old master. We died to the law in what sense? Because the law is set up to define sin and it condemns sin. That's its purpose. Do you understand? Define and condemn sin. So if that sin nature dies, then it's no longer under the, that law condemning it. Do you understand? It's no longer under that husband. That husband is condemning because that, that wife is coming short. But if that wife dies, then that law, all contracts are broken. And that law has no position anymore to condemn. Oh, come on. Amen. 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 Because a death has taken place. And so when, when we got baptized in Jesus' name, all of us was the wife. All of us before our baptism was the wife that had a commanding husband over us. Every one of us. We're not talking about natural marriage, so to speak here. We're not talking about uh, a physical male and female gender here. We're talking about a relationship to the law of God. And the law of God was that old husband rightfully condemning and finding accusation. And when, why? Because there was sin in our life. The master of sin was in control. So that husband comes and says, that's wrong, that's wrong. No, this is right. But now if I die to that old nature that's inside of me by being identified with Jesus Christ, then now I'm free because I'm dead to the condemnation of the law. I am now free because I'm, listen, I'm no longer under the condemnation of the law because the power of sin has been killed. The old master has been slain. It doesn't mean the old master, the sin nature is extinct or taken out of me or eradicated. But it has lost its power in my life. It's lost its power in my life. There has been a separation. There has been a death. And if there's a death to that old sin nature and the purpose of my husband was to condemn that and define that and convict that. Understand? The wages of sin is death. And the purpose of that old husband was to examine me like an x-ray and to find out, you know, and point out to me my shortcomings and my failures like an old demanding husband that won't help me. That's the purpose of the law. But if, I've, if that sin nature is dead, then I'm no longer in bondage to that condemning husband. Do you understand? 
and when, so when I went down to water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, it's not that I'm free to sin. It's not that I'm free from the instruction of God. It's not that I'm free from the word of God. It's not that now I can live and do what is forbidden by his law. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about its power of condemnation upon us. You understand? So when I come up in, out of water baptism, that power, that master is dead. That old sin nature, that old man is dead. And because of that, now the law, come on. Do you understand? The law in its position doesn't condemn me because the law is fulfilled. Because it was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. He died. And when I went down in baptism in water in the name of Jesus, I died in him. So now the wife died free to be married to Jesus. She doesn't have to stay married to the law. That old condemning husband that won't help her. The law is a part of the old age. Its purpose is to drive you into the arms of another man. That's why God gave it. He gave it so that it would drive you helpless and, and in despair into the arms of another man. That would not just command and demand from you all the time, but be there to help you do it. And not just help you do it, but do all of it. As you yield to him, he's going to do it all through you. It's the finished work. Do you understand? It's a big difference between having a, a husband commanding and demanding and not helping and a husband that comes along and does everything for you. Woo. That, that's fun to be married to somebody like that, isn't it? Finished work, man. And what made her free to marry somebody else is there's been a death. It was her new husband's death. But when her, in her baptism, she died in him. Free from the condemnation of the law. Free now from being under the control of a sin nature. Free, no longer under the power of that sin nature. But free now to serve the Lord. Free now to obey the Lord. Free now to be married to Him. Does this make sense to you? Okay. I'm, I'm thankful for that. So when the law comes to me and it convicts me, rightfully so, it defines sin in my life, then the law is a friend to me. Because it drives me into the arms of Jesus. Are you with me here? So Paul uses this as an, as an analogy. What he's trying to show you. Let me just get right down to it. He's trying to show you and the Jewish people that you could not by the works of the law overcome that sin nature. The only way that you can be free from that sin nature is by being joined to another husband. And the only way you can be joined to another husband is by death. And because of his death and your identification with his death, that is what gives you victory over the power of sin in your life. 
And because law is, was set up as a husband to condemn that sin, if you've died to the power of sin in your life, then the law has no jurisdiction in you to condemn you. Say condemnation. Conviction and condemnation are two different things. The law will come and convict you. That's wrong. Lord Jesus, I come to you. Forgive me, God. I know that's wrong. I want to do what's right. And by your spirit, I know I can. You understand? But the law condemned me to death and damnation. Eternal separation from God. That has been removed. So for everybody out there trying to go to church today and hear the Word of God preached, hear the law of God preached, it's still doing its purpose, and that's to bring... Do you know all, all true men of God, all true preachers of the Word of God, always declare the, word, the law of God to people before they proclaim grace? All true men of God throughout history always preach the word of the law, the word of God to people, showing them this is where you've missed it. This is the sin in your life. Come on. And they still do it today. I'll still do it today. I'll get up and I'll preach and I'll tell you this is the way it is. And you're out of line. And, and we're wrong here. And we're not right here. There's something not right here. And this is sin. And it must be preached like that. We must preach against sin. And we must preach the law. We must preach the word of God. We can't get into this humanism. You know. In psychology that wants to make the flesh feel good all the time. That's not going to free anybody. It's going to keep him in bondage. But all true men of God preach the whole counsel of God. All the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, etc. Exposing the sin. You with me? And then saying, here's the answer. Repent. Turn from that. Walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. All false prophets, all false prophets. Never preach conviction. They never preach against sin. They never show people what thus saith the Lord says. They always want to use grace. Now, but see, they've lost an understanding. They say, we're not under the law, so I shouldn't be preaching law anymore. No, 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 no. You misunderstand. You are to preach the law to bring people under conviction. To show them what the will of God is. To show them what the mind of God is on something. And then after they see that, then preach grace and say, Hey, you don't have to be in bondage to that sin. You are now free to serve Him. You are free now to walk in holiness of life. You are free to live separate and apart from sin that would destroy you. You understand? So all true men preach the law before they preach grace <laughs> hallelujah praise God but again the law is an x-ray machine showing your disease and your not only your disease but your death and then it sh but here comes Jesus he says I give you power I give you the ability I'm your new husband now that's still wrong but I'll give you power over it. I don't accept that. But I give you power.
to live above that. Do you think the Lord would ever come to you and say, okay, you're free from the law, it's requirements, you go ahead and sin, do what you want to? You think the Lord would ever come to you that way? That is impossible. That is heresy. He comes and He convicts my life constantly. And if, if I'm not where I need to be, He's constantly convicting me. He's constantly dealing with me. If He ever stops doing that, you have come under the wrath of God. Because the wrath of God is when He lets you do what you want to do. Do you understand that? The wrath of God is not just all these sealed judgments and things that are going to come on the world. The wrath of God, when He lifts His hands off of your life and says, go ahead. That is His wrath. Ooh, heavy stuff. Praise God. But do you understand the difference here? From trying to overcome that evil, fallen, sin nature that's in you by just trying to read the Bible and trying to, you know, go into church and hear it preached and walking out in constant defeat and control to the power of sin. Do you understand that you can't get the victory over your old sin nature by trying to keep the law? Because that evil sin nature in us is more powerful than the Word of God. It is more powerful than the Word of God. And I'm going to prove it to you. Paul proves it to you by the end of the book. That's why I'm telling you. I can stand up here as a pastor and I can preach till I'm blue in the face. I can beat my head against the floor and the wall. And if you are not willing to walk in the Spirit and submit yourself to that Word, I am wasting my time. Because the Word of God alone is not strong enough to curtail the evil in us. It's not strong enough. Do you understand? Okay, <clears throat> that's the focus, that's the point. Romans 5 and 6, to the Gentiles, just because you're justified doesn't mean you're lawless. Romans chapter 7, to all you Jewish people out there, Jewish believers or otherwise, you cannot defeat the evil that is in you by simply the Word of God. By trying to observe Torah or trying to keep Torah, you will not be able to overcome the evil that's in you impossible that is what Paul is trying to show these Jewish believers now for you that might not be real relevant but to me it is because we're in an age right now where this is really promoted keep Torah yeah keep Torah in what context keep Torah to try to be justified keep Torah to try to overcome the evil that's in you is that no man you can't do it Keep Torah after you're justified? Yes. Obey the word of God after you're? Yes. But yield to the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is the only thing that's more powerful than the sin nature. And I know as a pastor, just to give you a personal testimony, I know as a pastor that the word of God is not enough. Because I preach my guts out. And you still act like a devil. I studied till my eyes fall out. And I still got a problem with me. Do you understand? I still got a problem. You still got a problem. So the Word of God 
you know, we say, well, the word of God is enough. No, it's not enough. You got to yield to that. You got to walk in that. You got to walk in the control of the spirit. You got to be a person who's yielded to God. And when you yield to God, then you'll want to obey the word that's preached. But if you're not yielded to God, you'll never obey the word that's preached. It's impossible. It's not strong enough. Only the Spirit is more powerful than that evil that is inside of every one of us. And I said us. The Word of God. God is not stronger than the evil that is inside of me. Only the Spirit of God is stronger than the evil that's inside of me. So for a Jewish or any man or anybody else who tries to get the victory over the old sin nature by Torah, by Torah observance, by Torah knowledge is impossible. There has to be a death. There has to be a death, and that death was Jesus Christ. And then you have to identify with his death, and you have to die to that old sin nature that's inside of you. And now the Spirit of God is in you, empowering you, not just helping you, but your only hope to do the Word of God. Your only hope, your own ability to do the will of God is the Spirit of God that's in you through death burial and resurrection that's what Paul is showing them hmm. some of you say well you know what I'm really having a struggle with my flesh right now I think I'll read the Bible so you read the Bible you put it down you still have struggle with your flesh <laughs> if that was strong enough see it's the spirit and the word of God together the letter by itself will never cur curtail that evil that's inside of you. You can read the Bible 24 hours a day and still be just the same devil you were yesterday. You can come to church for the rest of your life and never change, never grow, never be different, never be spiritual. Because just you think just because you heard the word of God that that's enough. That is not enough. You've got to walk in the spirit. You've got to yield to the spirit of God in your life. And then that in turn will empower you. To live victorious over the flesh. That will empower you to yield to the word of God that you hear preached. See. There's so much rebellion in the heart of you and I. It is so demonic. It is so strong. That rebellion that's in us. You can hear the word preached. You know it's wrong. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. But why don't you do it? Paul's going to show you the only way is by walking in the Spirit. This is helping me, man. It might not be helping you, but it's helping this preacher. Because I wonder at times why I preach, I preach, I preach, I preach, and no change and no difference. It's because that sin, that rebellion, that flesh is stronger than the Word of God. If it were not true, as much of the Word of God we got, we'd be glorified. Because I don't preach anything to you but the book. I don't preach you anything but the Word. And if that's all it took, every one of us would be walking around here glorified with angel's wings sticking out of our back. We got angel's wings, but they're not good angel's wings. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not deceived. I'm not deceived about me or I'm not deceived about you. Rebellion in the heart. That evil inclination. That sin nature is powerful. But thanks be to God, there is good news. Because now I'm dead to the condemnation of the law through the death of another. I have married Jesus Christ. Do you understand? And now I have the ability to obey Him. I have the ability now not to be controlled by that sin nature. I can choose my new husband. I can choose my new master. I can choose to walk with my new husband. I can choose to walk with my new master. Or I can choose to yield to my flesh. Let me go back over here. I've got, I've got, mm. do y'all understand this? Do you understand this? Verse 4, wherefore, my brethren, you are also become dead to the law, verse 4, by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Again, what was the purpose of the law? Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. That aspect of the law is still with us. But its condemnation is not on us. Us trying to overcome our evil sin nature. By the law. Come on. is over with. It's by faith. It's walking a life of faith. It's walking in the spirit. Yielding to God. That you get victory over that evil nature. Okay. With me here. Let me read verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now I can do what I couldn't do. The law just came along as a demanding husband. I couldn't do it. I'm a clumsy wife. But now I've got a new husband. Still have commands. You with me? But he gives me the power to do it. He does it through me. So I'm all right. And what is, what, what is redemption then? Redemption is not going back into sin that is forbidden by the law of God. Redemption produces holiness. Holiness is not bondage. Holiness is freedom. The world preaches its message. That's bondage. No, that's not bondage. That's free from sin. Freedom in God. Free to serve the Lord. That's the purpose of redemption. Are y'all still awake? Now watch. So, he says, we now produce fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, again, the flesh is not two, two times, two things, two ways the Word of God defines flesh. Yes. Your physical body. 
and your, when talking about the flesh here in this passage, you're talking about sin nature. You're talking about the evil, evil inclination that's in you. Okay, with me? In this passage, it's that sin nature. He talks about the flesh. For we were in the flesh. We were in the flesh. We were in sin. We were in the sin nature as an unbeliever. Do you understand? We were under that master. Under its control. Under its power. In sin. Watch. In the flesh. He says, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, the works of sins, or the motion of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. There was, when you talk about work here, you're talking about energy. You're talking about an energy that was in you. A power that was in you. Okay? Work. So this energy or this power that was in us when we were un- unbelievers, it worked in our members. Do you understand? What was it producing? Fruit unto death. It produced the actions of sin. That energy and that power that's in us. See, sin in the Bible is not just an act. Sin is a power. It's personified. It's seen as the king reigning in your life. The dominating force in your life. The energy behind what you do. Okay? So, because at the time when you were in sin or in the flesh. Do you understand? Under its control, then that sin, that power that was in you was an energy. It was a force. It was a power that produced its fruit. And that it, the end result of that or the benefit of that is eternal damnation. Okay? Y'all with me here? He goes on and he says this, verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law... That being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. We are delivered from the law in what sense? Trying to defeat the old evil nature by keeping that law. Do you understand? I don't know if you're getting this. The law is demanding something from people that they can't produce <laughs> on their own. Okay? We're delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit. Say, the newness of the Spirit. Notice it's a small s. What are we delivered from? Well, we're delivered... From the law of sin and death. It's power over us. We're delivered from the condemnation that the law brings on sin. Do you understand? Now, we walk in the newness of the spirit. The newness of our spirit. There's a part of us 
as born again believers that has been regenerated. When you're talking about in newness of the spirit, we're talking about that redeemed part of man. The inner you. The inner redeemed part of man. Do you understand? Okay, hang on to that. See, the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. All right? That's still its purpose. You don't, know, you don't see me keep emphasizing this, do you? <laughs> it still is in its place. What I'm separated from is its condemnation. The death that it brings. The demands it requires from me. Okay? In the sense, from that old sin nature. Mm, Lord, help me today. Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So the law, its purpose is to define sin and convict you of sin. Okay? But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of evil desire, for without the law, sin was dead. What he's showing you here is this, is that whenever the law comes and defines sin, then because of the, the rebellious nature that is in the flesh, when you have something, you know, that says you can't do this, all right? right. Then the evil nature that's in you, the fallen sin nature, the old Adam, the flesh that's in you, wants it. Because it loves forbidden fruit. Yes, it, is. it loves forbidden fruit. God told Adam and Eve, you can't eat the fruit of that tree. The fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what does the devil do? He comes along and he tempts them to disobey the word of the Lord something stirred up in them we talked about that that bull that's out in the arena you know doing this he's got he's a bull right but you put the red cape in front of him and something comes out the bullish (laughs) nature of the bull comes out when you got the cape in front of you so the word of God comes along and it says don't do this and that old nature that's in you that evil nature says watch me I'll do what I want to do Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Even God's not even going to tell me what to do. That's that old rebellion in the heart of us. It, it stirs it up. It arouses it. You understand? Somebody's got an apple tree in their front yard. You, you probably don't even like apples. But you, you know, that person puts a sign up and says, don't eat the apples. They are forbidden. That, there's nothing wrong with that sign. There's nothing lo- wrong with that rule. There's nothing wrong with that law. That man has a right to put that sign there. Okay? But if the apple tree doesn't have a sign that says, don't eat the fruit, people walk, walk by the apple tree. But put the sign up and you're going to lose your apples, man. 
Because people love, they love forbidden fruit. You don't understand me. She can be the most beautiful thing in the world, but you love forbidden fruit. He can be Casanova, but because he's not forbidden to you, you desire something you can't have. Why? Because it's off limit. Oh, God. Don't. See that nature in you, man. Are you with me? If that weren't true, then whoever was married to Halle Berry would not have had a sexual problem. Y'all don't, some of y'all don't even know who Halle Berry is. <laughs> I know who she is. <laughs> I mean, she don't equal my wife, but I know who she is. Now, I'm not trying to be stupid here. I'm trying to be real with you. And, you know, and you think, well, man, why has that guy got a problem, man? Why did he go commit adultery on her? Look at her. Look how beautiful she is. Because desire forbidden for the forbidden fruit. Now, some of you have already arrived. You think you have. But really what you are is very immature. Because the closer you get to God, the more struggle you have. The more pain and frustration you have. It's only immature people who think, boy, I'm all that. No, you're an idiot's what you are. You're an accident waiting to happen. You're a problem ready to manifest. See, forbidden fruit, it arouses that lust and that desire for what you can't have. Come on. Anybody ever tells you, you can't do that. You can't have that. What, what happens in you? Yes, I can. Who, does they, who do they think they are anyway? Come on. That's the way that old sin nature even relates to God. Who did, who did God think he is? Tell me I can't do this. Tell him I can do that. Come on. There's a struggle. There is a war. There is a conflict that is going on. And when the law comes, all it does is arouse the passion. It arouses the rebellion. It doesn't stop it. It stirs it up. It's like taking a broom into a dusty room, you know. The broom can't get rid of the dust. All it does is stir up a whirlwind. How many of y'all ever tried to get rid of some dust? You know, we're sweeping. And it's just... See, the broom couldn't get rid of the dust. It was the instrument that just stirred it up. Now it's flying everywhere, man. So sin comes along, I mean law comes along, and that old sin nature is forbidden to do certain things, and that old rebellious sin nature says, you watch me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have my way. That's how, what Paul's trying to show you is how evil it is. How sinful sin is. How deceptive sin is. 
sin is so deceptive and so sinful and so powerful that it even uses the law wrongly. The law of God doesn't even have power to control it. The law of God stirs it up because it's so evil. Everybody awake still? I'm not doing a very good job, but I sure am trying. But sin taken occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of evil desire. It aroused evil desire in me. For without the law, sin was dead. Come on. For I was a law without I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Well, the particular law he's talking about is coveting. You know? And all these the Ten Commandments are is the manifestation of God. Ten manifestations of God. The Ten Commandments is the voice of God. This is God. This is good. This is right. This is holy. The problem is man. The problem is the, sin, the exceeding sinfulness of man. The problem is that fallen nature. Do you understand? You might be able to go through life and say, okay, I haven't killed. I haven't stolen. I haven't committed adultery. Uh, you know, I've honored my father and my mother uh, and, all, and list all the Ten Commandments, you know. I haven't taken the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Come on. I haven't done idolatry. I haven't, you know, made a graven image. He go, you just list all these things you haven't done. But the last one, number 10, thou shalt not covet. Paul said, that one came and it killed me. I thought I was doing pretty good. Come on. Yeah, man. Come on, amen, come on. Concerning, concerning the law, blameless. Come on, Until I found out, you know what? I'm a covetous man, which means I might not have ever, not, I might not have ever committed adultery or killed or murdered or never used the name of the Lord in vain or never made any graven image, etc. And maybe honored my father and my mother, maybe kept the Sabbath day, you know. But then all of a sudden, thou shalt not covet comes along. And thou shalt not covet, covet means desire. You might not have ever done it, but have you ever wanted to? Have you ever wanted to kill? Have you ever wanted to steal? Have you ever wanted to commit adultery? If you ever wanted to, you broke the law. So everybody stands condemned. Everybody, you can list all the rules that you've kept. I've done that, done that, done that. Check them all off. But at the end of it, have you ever wanted not to keep them? Have you ever wanted to do something the Word of God says no to? Have you ever wanted to? Paul said, that one killed me. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Why? Because law kills. The law is a condemning thing. It condemns sin. The wages of sin is death, says the law. 
And the commandment which was ordained to life. Hey, it's from God. It's God. Right? Ordained to life. I found to be unto death. Why? Because the problem is not God's word, His commandments. The problem is man. See? You're going down the highway and you've, kept, you've obeyed the law. You've, you've kept the speed limit for 12 months. You've been such a good little boy and girl. You know what I'm saying? And then the one time, the one and only time for 12 months, you get caught breaking the law. And you go to that law, to that policeman, and you beg him, and you smile, your pretty smile to him. Oh, please, sir, I'll never do it again. Please. Oh, hey, officer, I, have, uh, uh, I haven't sped for 12 months. And he's over there. He just keeps writing. Because he doesn't care if you've kept the law 12 months before. You broke it today. That's all that matters to him. So you get a ticket. So you might have got all, you might have, you know, you might have kept it under. You might have drove the speed limit for, you know, years and years and years. All of a sudden, the moment you break the law, that's it. The wage of sin is death. You deserve death, sir. It stands there like an officer. Unyielding. You deserve death. That's it. But what about all these other times when I was a good boy and girl? Doesn't matter. You broke the law today. You're dead. I kill you. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. You don't have to shout me down. See, you don't count cancel one evil thing in your life by a hundred good things you've done. That's not the way it works. Well, I made a mistake yesterday, so I'll try all day long to do what's right so I can cancel out what I did yesterday. It doesn't work that way. You are condemned. The law condemns you to death. It says you deserve to die. It's not your good outweighing your bad. <laughs> At the end of your life and standing before God and said, Hey God, my good outweighs my bad. He says you're going to hell. Because you broke the law. Break it one time. You deserve hell. One snake bite will kill you. One, one match in a forest will burn a whole forest fire down. Doesn't take a bunch of snake bites. Doesn't take a bunch of matches. It just takes one sin. It just takes one snake bite. It just takes one match and that's it. So he comes along, covetous. He found out himself to be covetous. He wanted to do those things, some of those things. In his flesh, in the fallen nature, in the sin nature. Not in his new nature, but in his sin nature. Verse 10, verse 11. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. Because here's the deception of sin. It will tell you, you can be good enough. That's the deception of sin. It will say, you can do it. Nobody else might can, make can do it, but you can do it. You can take this word and read it, and you can live up to its expectations. You can defeat that evil sin nature in you by trying to keep the commandments. It's very deceptive. 
It'll lie to you. Do you understand? It deceived me and by it slew me. These things are, I'm going to be honest with you, they're a little bit heavy for me, but I'm trying. Verse 12, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. So the law is not sinful. The law is not evil. He shows you its purpose is to define sin in your life. Do you understand? He says it's good, it's holy, it's just, it's good. Verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? Come on. The law in its purpose was not, you know, made death to him. Law is good. It's holy. It's just. What was made dead unto him was the condemnation that it brings and its inability to help you. Because, again, the law is like the, the officer says, okay, you've done good all year long, but today you broke the law. Here's the ticket. I don't know if you're getting this or not. See, the law can't help you. Mercy has to come along. The law is not going to exempt you and let you off the hook. Mercy has to come along. Grace has to come along. The law will not die. The law cannot die. You have to die to it. You have to die to sin. And if you die to sin, then you die to the condemnation the law brings upon sin. Not trying to take the word of God and control your evil nature by it. As an unregenerate person. Or control the unregenerate side that's still in you. Yeah. I know you do better than I'm doing. But I'm up here right now. So you'll have to listen to me. You just have to settle for me. Verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin. Here we go. But sin that it might appear sin. Working death in me. By that which is good, again, because that sin nature is aroused by the law, because the law forbids, okay? And, and, okay, here we go. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. He said, I'm going to show you how sinful sin is. It even takes that which is good and holy and righteous and uses it for its own means. It uses it, it, arou- it uses it to arouse its own lust and passion. Come on. Okay. And Paul is trying to show you the exceeding sinfulness of the nature that is in us. So that you cannot say that you can take the word of God and control it. Because the word of God arouses it. Sin takes the word of God and uses it to arouse it. It takes the word of God and uses it. Okay, deceptively. You can keep it. You can do it. You can overcome that evil nature in you by keeping Torah. Paul says, no, this is how sinful sin is. You can't do it. The Torah will not... Overcome the evil that's in you. 
The law will not overcome the evil that's in you. That's how sinful sin is. Okay. Verse 14. For we know that the law is what? Spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under sin. The law is not the problem. The law is not sin. The problem is we are carnal. The problem is our carnality. The problem is our flesh. The problem is the sin nature that's in us. That's the problem. Not the Word of God. Okay? For that, here we go. Verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For that which I do, I allow not. With me? For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Now who is this I that he's talking about? The I that he's talking about. The I that says, I don't want to do what's wrong. The I that says, I want to do what's right. What I is he talking about? What I is it that wants to obey the word of God? What I is it that doesn't want to do what's wrong? What I is it that wants to do what's right? Well, this is not the eye of a sin, uh, an unbeliever. Because the eye of an unbeliever, the letter I of the unbeliever, doesn't want to stop what's wrong. The I, you, I'm telling you, it's the truth. The eye of the unbeliever does not want to stop what's wrong. The eye of the unbeliever enjoys sin. The eye of the unbeliever does not want to obey God's word. It is at enmity to him. He is at, he's an enemy of the word of God. So this eye we're talking about here is not the eye of an unbeliever. This eye we're talking about is the eye that is in Paul. The eye that is in Paul is that inner man. That redeemed inner man. That redeemed inner man that wants to do what's right. That redeemed inner man that doesn't want to do what's wrong. That redeemed inner man that loves the word of God. That desires to obey the word of God. That's that redeemed inner man that we have. This is the saved man. Or woman. If you're an unbeliever. You don't not desire evil. You love it. You live for it. That, you with me here? Okay. So you understand that we're talking about that inner man, that inner redeemed Paul. That, let me read it again. For that which I do, I allow not. That redeemed, that new man that's in me, that inner man, that part of me that is redeemed and saved, doesn't want to allow things. That are not right. For what I would. 
that I do not. The thing I want to do, the thing I know I should do. He said, I find myself not doing that. What that redeemed inner man longs for. He said, at times I find myself not doing what that inner man wants to do. And knows to do. But what I hate, what I hate, what that inner man, redeemed man, hates, he says, I do it. Do you understand? How many know when you got born again, you got a, a new nature in you, an inner man that's redeemed, that loves God, that wants to serve God, that wants to live for God. That wants to say, that, that doesn't want sin, that doesn't want to be wrong, that doesn't want to live unholy. There's something in you that desires the things of God. And that's that I, the real I in you. The, the real I, the new man. That saved side in you. That regenerated man or woman. Boy, someday I'm going to get where you are. There's a conflict here. I'm talking about this is coming out of the mouth of a mature apostle. Not some immature saint of God sitting on a church pew somewhere. I'm talking about a mature apostle who's struggling. Struggling against sin. Struggling to do what's right. Struggling against what's wrong. And being brought under the control and, and doing what he hates. What his new inner man hates. He does it anyway. That's Paul. Not in an immature condition. But in a mature condition. He's trying to show you. There is some remains. Of that old man. There are some remains. Called the flesh. That's still inside of him. There's still some remains of that sin nature that's inside of him. Yes, there's been a separation and yes, there's been a death. But there's still, it hasn't been eradicated totally. It's still, he, listen. He said that he's not in it, but he's of it in this passage. Which means he's no longer under the control of it. There has been a separation. But he's of it in the sense that it's still in him. That sin nature has not been eradicated, though, although he is now a new man in the inner man. He's got another law in him, the flesh. There's still remnants of that flesh. It's still there. Let me just tell you, that sin nature is still there. But it's lost its power to control you as long as you don't yield to it. But you can still yield to it. Come on. And that redeemed inner man that's inside of all of us right now is struggling against that old evil sin nature that's in us. We find that struggle and that conflict and that war against that old evil inside of us. And our redeemed, regenerated man. Oh, I love you, Lord. I want to live for you, God. I want to serve you, God. But I'm struggling, God. There's still something in me, God, that, that overpowers me. And I can go to church and hear the Word of God preached. And I can walk out and say, that's right. 
that word is right. I know it's right. And I'm a believer and I believe that word. And it's right. It's holy. It's good. I want to obey that. I want to do that. I don't want to do what's forbidden. And you walk out and before you know it, you're doing it. You're doing the very thing that you knew was wrong. You're not doing the very thing you know you should be. And a struggle is going on. And it will continue to the day you're glorified. You will never get to a place where you can stop fighting. You will never get to a place that you can surrender to that flesh. Because it will be with you until the day that you are glorified. And this is coming out of the mouth of a mature apostle named Paul. He's showing you that it is so evil that the law of God can't even control it. That the law of God can't even bring it under subjection. And to try to just use the word of God to bring it under, under control is futile is what he's saying. You've got to be born again. You've got to be redeemed. You've got to be married to somebody else. You've got to get another power that's stronger than that. The spirit of God in you. Till the day you die. You'll be at war. Till the day, day you die. There will be a struggle between that new redeemed self. And that fallen old self. Till the day you die. Conflict. Struggle. Desiring to be delivered from it. Hating. Not understanding your actions. Not understanding why you do what you do. Not understanding the desires that you have. Don't make sense to me. Don't understand my own actions. Don't understand why I do what I do. Paul's going to tell you why. Come on. Hallelujah. And the closer you walk with God, you get to a place and say, You know what? I'm so messed up. I don't understand myself. I've got to get some help. I go to the Word of God. And the Word of God doesn't give me power over it. I've got to get some help. Watch. My new redeemed self. Oh, loves God. But that old evil nature inside of me wants to control me. Wants to seduce me. Wants to deceive me. And then use the law to condemn me and kill me. Now watch. I'm not going to quit till I get through. Are y'all still awake? He says, watch. Yeah. Verse 9, let me back up. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Oh yeah, what are you talking about? It killed him. That old flesh, it's the purpose of the law was to kill that flesh. The purpose of the law is to kill that old man. The purpose of the law is to kill that sin nature. But it, the sin nature rose up, said, I'm going to have my way. And the law says, no, it's wrong. He stands there with a sword to kill. It's the purpose of it. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be in a death for sin. Taking a, now, let me, i got to get back into this. Okay. 
Verse 15. For that which I do I allow not. For what I would that do I not. But what I hate that do I. That is that saved man. That inner man. That redeemed spirit. If then I do that which I would not. I consent unto the law that it is good. Do you understand? If I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it's good. That the law is right in what it demands. The law is right in what it says about me. Now then it is no more I that do it. It is no more I. How do I know the I is the redeemed inner man? Because the word no more means to a completeness. It's the I that is complete. It is the I that needs no more growth. It is the I that is perfected. It's not the wheel. It's not the wheel because the wheel is not into in a place of no more. The will, the soul, the mind is not in a place of no more. It's still moving progressively into salvation. But it is the inner redeemed man, the I, that is complete, totally complete. No more means totally complete. And the will is not. You understand? The soul is not in that place of completion. But that inner man is. That is very important. That word no more. Very important to understand and interpret this passage. Okay. For that which I do I allow not. For what I would that I do not. But what I hate that I do. If then I do that which I would not. I consent to the law that is good. Now then it is no more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. Now then it is no more I that do it. The will has... At this point, no, no mores. Does that make sense? It's only the redeemed inner man that can say no more. That I'm complete. I'm perfect in that inner man. And the redemption of my spirit. But there's a problem. Because alongside of that, now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So that I is not me. And me is not I. I is that completed, redeemed, regenerated person on the inside. The me has got sin in it. Me is the flesh. Me is the sin nature. Me is the law of sin in me. That's that conflict with the I that's in me. A sinner cannot say these words. An unbeliever cannot say, it is no longer I that does it. Because a sinner, his eye is in agreement with sin. His eye longs for sin. His eye lives in the realm of sin. This is the word of a mature apostle. This is a redeemed inner man person in conflict with the flesh. This is not the Spirit of God in conflict with the flesh. This is the inner redeemed man in conflict with the flesh. 
side by side, war going on, frustration, difficulty, pain. Romans 8 talks about groaning in the spirit. So there's groaning, there's pain, there's anguish, there's suffering, there's a battle that's going on between the redeemed inner man and the fallen, unregenerate, unredeemable, the unredeemed humanness that's in us. So the unredeemed humanness that's in us and the redeemed humanness that's in us, if you would, or the redeemed side that's in us, the new man, are at war with each other. This is not the Spirit of God at war with the flesh. This is with your redeemed self and your unredeemed self that's inside of you at the same time. It's the I that's at war with the me. It's the, your redeemed spirit that's at re- war with the flesh, the me. It's your completed self wanting to do the will of God at war with the unsaved human side. Verse 17, now that it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me. He didn't say, for I know that in I. He said, for I know that in me dwelleth. No, that is in my flesh. That fallen nature that's in us all dwelleth no good thing. In me, the flesh, the unregenerated side of me. The unredeemed humanity that's in me. In that, there's no good thing. It doesn't mean that you never do anything right. It doesn't mean that you never do anything good. What it means is that sin nature that's still inside of you, that's in your members, your me-ism, if you will, is... That part is no good. That part is no good. That sin nature that's in all of us is no good. See, that's why you can't ever pull out your little flag of your me or or your I. The flag, the I gets the flag and says, I surrender to the me. You can't surrender to the me. Because the moment you surrender to the me, the flesh, then you now are walking in death and condemnation. You are now walking under the power of sin. You can't surrender to yourself. You can't pacify that evil nature. You can't pacify your flesh. You can't pamper it. You've got to crucify that sin nature. It must die in you. It must die in me. It's not my body. It's my me. My human unredeemed self that must die. So there's a conflict. Not between the Spirit of God and the flesh here, but between your redeemed self and your unredeemed self. That is the conflict, man. It's, it's kind of like this illustration here. It's not, a, not a Bible thing, but it's an illustration. The Indian said, I've got two dogs fighting. One's white and one's black. No, the Indian, some, some man told this to an Indian. said, I've got two dogs fighting. I've got a black dog fighting. I've got a white dog fighting. Anyway, the question is, well, which dog's winning? And the person said, the one I feed the most. 
if you feed the black dog the most, the black dog's going to win. That evil me, that evil un unredeemed human side of you, it's going to win. If you feed the spirit, if you walk in the spirit, if you feed your redeemed man, you, re you feed your redeemed self, you strengthen your redeemed self, and he grows, and he grows, and he grows, and he grows. Then that redeemed self will be stronger. But if you feed the unredeemed self, do you know from a child, even rabbinic scholars will tell you this, that from a child, your unredeemed self begins to grow. From the time you're born, you're born with a sin nature. And throughout the rest of your life, that evil sin nature is growing inside of you. So which, which one, which nature are you choosing to yield to? Which nature are you going to walk in? Your newness or your old self? Because at any instant, you can walk in your old self. At any moment, you can yield to temptation. At any moment, because it's not eradicated, Paul said it's still inside of him. And at any moment, you can yield yourself to that old life. You can yield yourself to that old nature. Or you'll walk in your newness. Do you understand? It goes for me too, man. I'm in more inner. Look, this is the inner conflict of an apostle. He's not talking about outside conflict. He's talking about what is on the inside of him. He is just honest. He is honest. An honest apostle. This is the struggle that I'm in. Look at the grimace on my face. Look at the pain. Look at the agony. Look at the despair. Look at the frustration that is in me. Because there is a battle going on. That's coming from the mouth and the pen of a mature apostle. Not somebody that thinks they're all that. That thinks they have a ribbon. They've arrived, you know. No, they understand the internal, the conflict that's inside, the war that's going on between the I and the me. Now watch. Lord, have mercy today. I told the, the singles the other night, when I got through teaching the singles, I said, you know what? I said, I look at preachers and they preach. There is no pain on their face. There is no grimace on their face. There is no struggle. There is no frustration on, in them. Where are they? Because when you get to where Paul was, you'll see the grimace on his face and the frustration that is going on. Now watch. Are you with me here? The constant conflict. The internal strife. On one hand, I want to do what's right. But I do what I hate. Watch this. In my flesh dwells no good thing. It doesn't mean you or I have never done any good. What it means is in that nature, that fallen nature, that there's no good thing. Do you understand? Yes. Let me keep reading. Hallelujah. He says, now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. In me. The sinner, the unbeliever can't say that. He can't say, I didn't do it. <laughs> he did it. When I was a sinner and unredeemed in my eye-ness, I, I didn't have an eye, if you understand. 
when I was unredeemed, unregenerate, and I was, my whole, my, I was under the control of sin, married to the law, and the law was condemning me, but not helping me, I could never say, I didn't do it. I did it. But Paul is saying, I didn't do it. Me did it. I didn't do it. Me did it. Whoo, man. This guy, he, I tell you, it's too heavy for me, man. I just understand I'm getting to a place where I've got this internal conflict in me. And I'm going, man, what's going on here? I, did, I was doing pretty good for a few years living for God. And then all of a sudden, wah! You know what I'm saying? Some of you have, you're all that. <laughs> but you're not all that. You're very immature. You don't recognize this internal conflict until you get in a place of maturity. You don't recognize how evil. A, a sinner doesn't say, boy, that's bad. A sinner doesn't say, that evil in me, that's evil. Oh, it's evil. A sinner don't talk like that. Only a mature person talks like that. New convert don't talk like that. They're hunky-dory, happy-go. No, you know, no problem. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm, I'm arrived. I'm here, you know. And after a while they live for God, and all of a sudden, boy, it really starts getting heating up. It starts heating up, and the conflicts get stronger. And you're saying, what's going on, man? <laughs> Frustration and pain and suffering and fighting. That's what Paul is showing you in this chapter. The war between two natures. Not the Spirit of God. He does, but the, the war is between your redeemed self and your unredeemed self. Because the Spirit of God is always prevalent. The Spirit of God is always victory. The Spirit of God never comes under the power of sin. Sin never dominates the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God dominates sin. But Paul says his eyeness comes under the control of his meanness at times. That's what he said. The Spirit of God never going to control, going to come under control of the fallen nature. The Spirit of God is never subject to sin, never subject to the power of sin, never. Hallelujah, which is the good news. Verse seventeen. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, that's that sin nature, not your physical body, but in that law of sin that's in you, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present. To will is present with me. I want to do what's right. My will wants to do what's right. Okay? Yeah, awesome. But your will, your soul, your woman, your soul, your will is not totally complete. Only your redeemed spirit is totally complete. Your soul or your mind is in process of becoming saved. Your will. Do you understand? Mind, will, and emotions. He says this. For the good that I would, I do not... But the evil which I would not, that I do. My redeemed self. 
at times comes up temporarily comes under the control of my old self he's screaming he's crying he's in pain do you understand yeah God's good for the good that I would I do not but the evil which I would not that I do now if I do that I would not it is no more I that do it but sin that dwelleth in me The sin that's in me is the one that does the evil, not my redeemed inner man. At times that old flesh has its way over that new inner man. Yes, it does. Your mind, your soul's in the balance. The old flesh wants to captivate her and seduce her. And make a heart out of her. And the new regenerated self says, No, I gotta get my soul where my spirit is. Amen. You understand? Amen. Let me read it again. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Isn't that interesting? Can you can literally walk around and say, There's some things I do that I don't do. <laughs> It would be more really better to say there's some things that me do that I don't do. Right. And they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Now, that doesn't exempt you from responsibility. Come on. What it does is it, it recognizes and defines the two yes. aspects of war that's inside. Okay. So don't walk up to me when you're acting like the devil and say, now, I didn't do that, Pastor. Me did it. I say, well, you take your little me self and get him repented, you know, get him conquered, get him killed, man, kill him. <laughs> because, see, Paul's not through. We got to get to the eighth chapter. Got this conflict going on, right? What's this? For I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So that sin nature is a law inside of him and inside of us or inside of the me. For I delight, that's that regenerated man, in the law of God after the inward man. I delight in the law of God. I don't look at it as something that's evil and against me. I look, that inward man, that I man, that regenerated self looks at it as I delight in the law of the Lord. And in His law do I meditate day and night. I love His law. It's an ally to me. It's not an enemy to the inner man. It's an enemy to the flesh. Yeah, it fights the flesh. But it's a delight to the inner man. So we've got the law of God, we've got the law of sin which is in us, and we have the law of, what I say, sin, right? And the law of God, let's go on, verse 23, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my memories. Members. The law of my mind. The law of flesh, the power of sin, it's in me, is trying to conquer my mind. 
it's trying to conquer my will. It could be it's trying to conquer my inner redeemed man. Do you understand? Not the Spirit of God, but the inner redeemed man. Try and watch. But I said another law in my members warned against what is the law in his members? The law of sin and death. And that law of sin and death is warned against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. You understand? So every time you choose to walk as a new creation, Walk as a new man, new person. Walk in that side of you. The other side in you, that evil nature, fights that. Gets angry with you for choosing to walk in your newness. Do you understand? Every time you say no to that old sin nature in you, the new nature is pleased. Your new redeemed self is pleased. But that old unredeemed man, oh, he gets mad. He goes to war with any good that the believer does. Goes to war with any good that the believer does. You understand what I'm saying? When you obey God, you come to church, you read the word of God, you give whatever, you submit yourself, to, and you walk in the spirit, you choose to walk that way. There is a war that goes on inside of you. Because your old self doesn't want you to walk in newness. You understand? So the law of the mind could be the conscience. It could be your will. But it could, this, this could be just another reference to the new man. The new regenerated part that's in you. Okay? Hallelujah. The Bible goes on and tells us right here. He says... Got this war going on. Do you see this? He said, The inner man delights in the law of God. The inner redeemed man, that I, delights in the law of God. But the me, the flesh, is at war with the law of God. It's war with it. Some of y'all may look at me sometimes when I'm preaching and I'm at war and I'm preaching the word of God. You don't understand me. You understand me? Why is he? A, he God is, yeah, I am. You're right. <laughs> because you don't understand the conflict that is going on in every church service. Even, even preaching to saved, redeemed mankind, the war that's going on. That flesh rising up and wanting to rebel. That flesh wanting to, to start a revolution. That flesh wanting to commit anarchy. And the spirit, the redeemed man saying, preach it. I love it. Give it to me. I feed on it. I delight in it. Praise God. When the law is preached, get the flesh all upset. That's when nobody comes and says, good job, pastor. That's when they all hit the door, matter in hell. Because their flesh hurt something they didn't like. There's a war. There's a conflict, man. Every time I stand in this pulpit, there is war. There's war in the pew. 
every day of your life there's war if you're mature. If you think you've arrived, all you've done is surrender to the old nature. You just gave in. You just surrendered. You just gave up the fight. It's easy to do that. Just quit. Just give up the fight and surrender to your evil desires and passions. Yeah, anybody can do that. Any wimp can do that. But to keep fighting. To be in constant pain. To be in internal strife and war. Oh yeah. That's a sign of maturity. Are y'all awake? <laughs>A lot of people who have gone away from God, you talk to them, they, they say, oh, I'm just so much happier now than what I used to be. When I used to go to church, man, I just always fighting all the time and always struggling and always at war all the time. And since I got out of the church, things have gotten so much better. You know why? All you did was surrender. You just surrendered. That's all you did. You quit fighting. You quit praying. Paul said, I'm at war. I'm at constant war. Not the spirit versus the flesh. The inner man, the inner redeemed self is at constant warfare with the unregenerate human side of me. Somebody say praise the Lord. And every time my inner man does something that's right and it knows it loves the word of God and it does something right, that old flesh rises up. I will not have that. <laughs> Understand? Let's go. <laughs> this is awesome, man. This the internal conflict of an apostle gives us an, a revelation, not only an interpretation, but a revelation of, of things that we would not have ever understood if God didn't give him an understanding of it. What do you mean, Pastor? I ain't fighting anything. I'm, I'm like a baby seal, you know. Everything's wonderful. You know what? I tell you what. That's where my conflict is. Is these easy believing, easy believism Christians. And these carnal Christians who have surrendered to their flesh. And they come to church and everything's just so wonderful. I'm going, hey, don't you know the hell? Don't you know the fight? Don't you know the frustration? Don't you know the battle? Don't you know the pain? Don't you know the anguish in overcoming sin? Don't you understand that that old nature inside of you is more powerful than the devil himself? That old nature inside of you is more powerful than this world. It is, the, it is more powerful than the Word of God. It's more powerful than your conscience. It's more powerful than your will. It's more powerful than your desire. The only thing that's more powerful than that is the Spirit of the living God. And if we're not yielded to the Spirit of the living God, then that inner man is constantly... At war with the flesh and at times coming under its subjection. I don't need to pray. Okay. Boy, I do.
the longer I live for God, the more I know I need to. Do you understand? See, the longer we live for God, it doesn't get easier. The longer you live for God, the harder it gets. Well, Paul's showing you here. So then he goes on, he says this. He says, But I say another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Hmm. And he says this, Paul says this, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He longs for the day that any remnant of that old man is gone. He longs for the day when that internal struggle and war and conflict is over. He's looking for a day, and that day is glorification. When that sin that is in the members of his body, not in his new redeemed self, but in the members of his body, that old flesh, when that is eradicated, when it's gone forever. He's looking forward to that day. But until that day, groaning, pain, war, struggle. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death in Tarsus? I'm going to let you go in about the next five minutes. But in Tarsus, where he was born, in Acts 22 or 23, you can read it. Paul was born in the city of Tarsus. And there was a tribe in that area of the world around Tarsus. They practiced the most gruesome execution of murderers. If you were a murderer, the way they executed you was they took a, the body of the dead corpse and they chained it to your body. They latched it tightly to your flesh. Paul saw this when he was growing up. He saw people walking in the streets of Tarsus with a dead corpse on their back. And that dead corpse, that decay, that, decrupt, that corruption began to eat into the flesh of that living man and after a while the living man was destroyed by the dead body that he carried on his back and that's the way Paul was trying he says I'm in a death trap there's a death trap I'm carrying a dead body around with me it's eating me it's that corruption that decay that old man that old flesh that's in nature is that old body and it's seeking to destroy me and kill me by its decay and its corruption. He said, I'm carrying it around with me. Who shall deliver me from this body of this death? I'm looking for somebody to unchain me, to unlatch me from this evil nature that I've got, the remnants that are inside of me. I'm a walking. I'm carrying a dead man with me. I'm in a death trap. Never forget this. You are a walking death trap. Because you're carrying a dead body with you. You're carrying the old man with you. You're carrying the sin nature with you. And you hate it. And you want total deliverance from it. But at any moment, if you're not careful, if you yield to it, then it will take you under its power and destroy you. 
you yield to that flesh again, you, if you don't yield to the Spirit of God, you yield to your flesh, the flesh wins and you die. Do you know how many people who have, have been redeemed, but the, the unregenerate side, the me, won over the I. And they went out into the world. And that death, that decay, that corrupted sin nature slowly ate away from them. Ate away at them. And, and now they're under control. They're enslaved by its power. And they die. Saying, someday I'll make it back. To the house of God. But they fail to understand. They're in a death trap. I read a story of a man who once was in the church. Faithfully living for God. A redeemed person of God. In the church of the living God. He backslided. He went out into the world. And on his way to work one day. In his pickup truck. He had a collision with a tanker truck. And his, his truck caught on fire. And burned him. And he never made it back to church. You are in a death trap my friend. If you ever think at one time. That for you to surrender to your old self. That old flesh. That old body. Is the way out. If you don't make it back to the house of God. And start walking in the spirit of the Lord. You could find yourself slain. Because it's a death trap. It's a death trap. And the longer you walk with God as a child of God, you are going to understand how serious it is. The conflict, the struggle, the pain, the agony, the frustration that goes on. But if you yield to that body, that sin nature is going to get the victory over you. It is going to kill you. Paul, and that's why Paul says... Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. It is not by me trying to keep Torah. It's by Jesus Christ. It's by the new birth. It's by him filling me with his spirit that's more powerful than the fallen nature. Are you with me? Jesus. But the focus is here is not the victory of the Christian. In chapter 7. The focus is the struggle of the Christian. But in closing. He's going to take you into the new law. The law of the spirit. When you get. And when you walk in the spirit. Are you here? Instead of. Struggle. There is. Victory. Married. To the Lord. Come on. A power, a power that has the ability to defeat the old nature all the time. A power that can control the old nature all the time so that you never have to yield to that old man. So that you don't have to walk in defeat, but you can walk in victory. It's walking in the Spirit. But at the same time, with that knowledge, you can still go back into the flesh. If you walk back into the flesh, the, you know what? 
Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So the battle's still there. What I'm trying to tell you is that when you get the law of the Spirit of God in you, you now have a power that's greater than your will, greater than sin. And it's the Spirit of God. Do you understand? Empowering that redeemed man. Of course, the Spirit of God redeemed that man. <laughs> but empowering that redeemed man to live victorious, to live married to Jesus, to live conquering the carnal side. We can yield to the carnal side, or we can yield to God. So anyway, I'm not going to go any further. I'd love to preach the fourth law to you, but I'll wait till next week. Amen. Because i got a piano recital to go to today. So I'm going to have to let you go home. <laughs> Aren't you happy? So anyway, I look at some of your faces, and I ask my wife, and this is the last thing I'm going to do in closing. I ask my wife, I say, I wonder what's going on with them. wonder what is their deal wonder what the problem is. And on one hand, I hear this voice come to me. They are maturing. There's conflict. They didn't know about when they were babies. It was all fun and party when they were babies. It was all, all good when they were babies. But now, they're starting to see something inside of them hmm, that they didn't know when they were in the world. Yeah, there's a conflict and a struggle and a pain that is there, a sign and a groaning that is there because they recognize a little bit deeper the whole thing, the whole story. Do you understand? So I praise God for you. We're all in the same battle together. But I can't live it for you. And I'm going to tell you something, I can't live it for myself. I have to yield to God. And if you're not yielding to God, you've got a problem. If I'm not yielding to God, I've got a problem. I don't care how cute you are. <laughs> I don't care how pretty you are. I don't care how you try to make your flesh look. You've got a problem on your hands if you're yielding to self. If you're yielding to the flesh. The Word of God is not even strong enough. To give you the victory over it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why when God, when His Word goes forth, He calls us to a surrender. He calls us to a place we submit to His Spirit. And then when we walk out, how do we walk out? We don't walk out victims, do we? We don't walk out struggling, do we? I mean, we might got the law of God might have slapped us upside the face. Hard. I mean hard. I mean hurt, pain, pain. Agony, suffering, and it needed to. And we submitted to the will of God and said no to the flesh. And the flesh got angry, but the Spirit won. And you walk out full of the Holy Ghost, and you got victory. Hallelujah. And you were struggling with doing or not doing. And now you do what you're supposed to, and you don't do what you're not supposed to. Hmm, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Give me some people, man, some warriors that won't surrender. That's easy for all of us to do. If we wanted to, every one of us have our way out. 
We got it all written down. I got mine written. I mine. Um, there was a voice talking to me this morning before I came to church. He said, this is the way you do it. This is the steps you take. So I got up, and after I got up, I said, okay, now i got to find out which voice that is. If that's God, then I take the steps. If that's not God, if that's the devil trying to push me away, I better stay right where I am. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Come on. Come on. Last question I got for you. Are we a spiritual church or are we a carnal church? I'm being serious with you. How many of you believe that times we go through phases where we are seasons? Man, we're really spiritual people, man. You know what I'm saying? Walking in the spirit. Victory over the flesh. Victory over the world. Victory over the devil. How many of y'all, you know, we've been through phases like that as a church body. Yeah, but you know what? I've also seen as a pastor, we go through the other phase too where it says, like Paul, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I do it anyway. And we're carnal. Carnal. We are carnal. We better get back on top of it, right? <laughs> we, we better get back where we need to be. Hallelujah. We've got to fight. We've got to fight. Yield to the Spirit of God. Don't be killed in that death trap. Don't be destroyed in a death trap. Don't let the flesh get the victory over you and take you into the world. You know what? You know what the chief thing the flesh uses? Pride. Ego. Self. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. No, it's all about I. And if you're walking around me, 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 you're talking from the flesh. You're talking from the sin nature. Me, me, me. I talks like this. I want to obey God. I will walk with God. I, God, let thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. I will submit to you. You will be my husband. You will be my master. You understand? That's the way I talks. Have you been talking about me lately? Or has it been I? That's right, man. That's right. You better believe I, I've got my sword out this morning. I'm, I'm here to cut some heads off. Right here. I told Brother Daniel before church, you know, the Word of God says I'm to kill everything. Did you know that? I'm supposed to kill everything. I'm supposed to kill cattle. I'm supposed to kill sheep. Samuel said to Saul, what is this bleeding in my ears? All these sheep you were supposed to kill. (laughs) Don't be afraid, little sheep. (laughs) I'm just, you can make the word of God say anything you want to. Hallelujah, man. So I'm here to kill sheep, man. God said, kill them all. Kill all the sheep and all the cattle. Everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm here to kill everybody in the house. I'm a sign. I've got the word of the Lord to back me up. <laughs> you can make the word of God say anything you want it to say. How many of y'all believe what you've heard preached today? I'm not here to kill the sheep. I'm just here to kill that nature in you. And I'm here to kill that nature that's in me. It has to die. And the good news, it did. In baptism, it did. But it's not extinct. 
So first and foremost, if you're not born again, you're, you're going to keep struggling with this. The first step you've got to do is get baptized in Jesus' name, and that's when that old nature dies. Amen. Then get filled with the Holy Ghost and live in the power of the Spirit. Amen. The power of a new life. Amen. Not under the wrath of God, but under the life of God. The vic- okay, I can preach all morning. Good night. Go to bed. See you later. Come back tonight and I'll, I'll beat you up some more. Catch you up some more. You know, just if you didn't get enough, just come back. And we'll make sure you have enough, you know, by the end of the night. So God bless you and I love you. Thanks for coming to hear the word of the Lord. Praise God. No. Yes. No. No, sir. This brother, this brother is in obedient, disobedience. He's in rebellion. I took his, his thing up here and I put it on the platform and he went and got it. And I didn't say he could have it. That's his punishment. Calling me at five minutes till service as a worship leader. Telling me, Pastor, I got a flat tire. I can't be there. So I got his bag and I put it on the platform. And that little rebellious kid went up there and got it without, you know, without permission. How much y'all think it's worth? Anybody want to buy it? 50 cents? 50 cents? Dollar? Don't worry about him. I can whoop him. I can take him any day. He's no problem. 50 cents? Dollar? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want it either. I better get off the platform. It's going to contaminate this platform. Corrupt it. Come get the body of this death. Whew, Lord Jesus, deliver that thing. We'll see y'all tonight. Let's come. Let's have church. Let's come have church tonight, okay? I love you. Praise the Lord.